This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The story of Tim Bosma, a hardworking husband and father, is a haunting tale of an ordinary man whose life was cut short during what should have been a simple transaction, reminding us all of the importance of personal safety in an increasingly interconnected world. I'm Nicole. I'm Ben. And this is Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. We're back. Vacation is over. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, we're back. I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> I'm not too sure if I'd say I'm bright-eyed and bushy-eyed or whatever you said right bushy-tailed? now. Bushy-tailed? Is that, is that how the saying is? I don't know now. Shoot, did I just get it wrong? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't really care anyways. And bushy-tailed. Yeah, okay. I got it right. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Okay. Like a, a cunning fox or a, a hyperactive squirrel, perhaps, maybe? Yeah, okay. there you go. Yeah, thank you for um, allowing us to have a little bit of a of a break. Yeah, it was much needed. Could have been way longer if I'm being honest, but I am so happy to be back doing this. <laughs> missed, missed this, missed you guys. I missed researching. I missed, well, I didn't miss hearing about people dying constantly, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, actually, it was kind of, it was nice having a break from that. There was something missing in our lives. But there though. was something missing. Yeah. There really was. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good being back now. It and October good. is wild. Yeah. Halloween week is coming up quick. Mm-hmm. Um, we sat down the other day and we had a one-on-one meeting on our kitchen counter in our tiny home. Yep. <laughs> and for it was probably almost two hours. We had a two and a half hour meeting. It was, was hell. It two and a half? <laughs> it was hell. We had a two and um, a half hour only meeting. only one hour was in regards to Wicked and Grim. The other hour and a half. Was... I thought it was longer than that. We talked about Wicked and Grim, like an hour and a half, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. It was a long ass meeting. But we talked about like a lot of Wicked and Grim and there was a big chunk of that that was like dedicated to how we're approaching Halloween week this year. Mm-hmm. So there's some plans. There's some cool shit going to happen. Um, we're stoked. Yeah. It's going to be good. It going to be good. You yeah. can quote that from Nicole right now. You've heard it here first. It going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of awesome in the sense that we'll be having a episode coming on, on the Tuesday, like the normal episode. And then Halloween week just carries on from that. Yep. And then... It lands on the Tuesday, doesn't it? I think so. And then there's also going to be like a Patreon episode. So it's just going to be like a shit ton of Wicked and Grim. And not only is there going to be a shit ton of Wicked and Grim, but 
the day Halloween week starts, guess what else? What? Fearful. Yes. Season two, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we um are overdoing an update on that. We are. Um, We've had a lot of people requesting um, Fearful come back and being like, when's it coming back? Um, It's coming back for Halloween week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So get ready for that drop. It's going to be a massive Halloween week this year. Yeah. And Fearful is a little bit different than Wicked and Grim in the oh, sense yeah. that it's not going to be, re- there's not going to be a new episode every week. It's going to be more seasons and like a, a binge binge amount yeah. dropped at one time. So with, with like us, what we do is every Tuesday we release an episode. With Fearful, it's basically um, a project where on the side, when we find the time, we are researching extra episodes and Jacko being as awesome as he is, he presents those episodes and we get several episodes at once and just basically boom, drop it. Here's a season just like Netflix does to you and you just binge the whole season and then you wait for season whatever to come out whenever Which sort of thing. honestly not healthy. Probably. It's totally not. <laughs> it's like an abusive relationship, really. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah, we have a we have a good case today. Well, it's not a good case, but it's a good case. And we <laughs> okay. have some patrons to thank before that though we do um i'm just gonna pull up the list here um so first and foremost i do want to thank you guys who are coming back to listen to us right now after our our month-long hiatus um over 140 episodes and we never took like a, a real break so thank you for coming back um and thank you to our patrons who stuck around during that um and thank you to those who still signed up even though we weren't rolling out with episodes that whole month yeah so well they're getting two episodes okay so they're getting our normal episode dropped today tuesday yeah and then two um patreon episodes yeah two, like, that's a big deal two patreon exclusive <laughs> episodes are getting dropped this same day mm-hmm. so they're gonna be uh rocking three wicked and grims today yeah so um the list of individuals who are oh so awesome over on patreon that we got to thank we have bethany we have maya gwyneth douglas uh mercedes parrot Kristen Lehman, scarlett ross charlotte patrick melissa leva and kai smith all those amazing people signed up over on Patreon and are supporting us there. So thank you so much. That's a good list of people. It is. Some awesome people over there. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to dive into this case like now. I'm oh. excited. Oh, yeah. And I'm presenting today. You are. Holy shit. Yeah. That that uh, time off got us some availability for Nicole. Yeah. Some, some episode research done. So. so we're back. I'm back. Let's go. This might be like a friggin' slippery slope because I haven't done this in a while. So, you know, it could be a Donnelly repeat. <laughs> Listen if, up. If you know, you know. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is a Canadian story. This. I'm going back to my roots of, you know, at the beginning I was like, I'm going to do mostly Canadian stories. Yeah. And so I'm doing a Canadian story. I'm stoked for this one because this is one of those stories where it's like, it needs to be a staple in the true crime world. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The more that we talk about this case, I think the better. It's uh, not only good for, uh, of course, the victims, yeah. but it's good awareness for everyone out there listening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was covered pretty extensively um, nationally, like within Canada. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much it was co- it was covered internationally, so it could be a new case. Um, but it's also a newer case in comparison to some of the cases we've covered. I feel like any case um, over 2000 is new-ish. And I don't know if that dates me, but that's I how think I it, feel. I think it dates you because, <laughs> I mean, that's twenty. That's a 23-year time period. Touche. So. Touche. That's, that's young. 
like some people with like a 25 life, like a life sentence or whatever, like they're, they're almost like, oh my you know? gosh, that's disturbing. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about Tim Bosma today. So Tim Bosma was a hardworking, self-employed contractor. He was a husband and a father who lived in Ancaster, Ontario. He grew up in Hamilton, in the Hamilton area of Ontario, and was born on July 23rd, 1980. He was known for his, his strong family ties. And as I feel like you have to when you're an entrepreneur, because the hours ain't short, nope. had a passion for his work. That's good. <laughs> he was also passionate about his hobbies, which included motorcycles. Tim married his lovely wife, Charlene, in February of 2010. Oh, that's actually the same year we got married, isn't it? It is, yeah. Wow. And the happy couple welcomed their first child, a daughter, later that year in December. That is not us. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Tim's role as a husband and father was central to his life. His wife, Charlene, has spoken about their close re relationship and the joy they found in parenthood. They shared the responsibilities of caring for their daughter and building a life together. As many people do, the family, though, they lived paycheck to paycheck, if you will. Mm -hmm. They were a young family, and at the time, money was a bit tight. I feel like now that's, that's even more relatable now because of the cost of everything nowadays. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it seems like it's just gone up exponentially while everyone's pay has stayed basically stagnant. Yes. So it's actually a bit disgusting. It really is. Um, so them living paycheck to paycheck led them to decide to list their 2007 black Dodge Ram pickup truck in 2013 as the repair bills were getting to be a bit costly. They hoped to find a buyer who would appreciate the vehicle and ensure that it went to a good home. I feel like you, that's kind of what you're looking for. He probably really liked his truck and he was like, well, I want to find someone that will also love it. Yeah. Can respect that. Yeah. An online ad was placed on Kijiji, listing the truck for 24 grand, which would help the family immensely. So when they got a bite on May 6th, Tim rushed home from work to meet the prospective buyer who wanted to see the truck. By the time the prospective buyer arrived at the Bosma residence, it was quite late, like just after 9.20 p.m., late yeah see that's 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 a little too late for my liking i'm yeah. not sure if i would accept someone coming over a stranger coming over my my house at that time but then they also had like 24 grand on the line right so they're that's like true i want to be accommodating and and maybe this will just be like an easy sell and then we get our paycheck kind yeah of thing. it's easier to say in hindsight and yeah in, in my seat so yeah you're right but i know if it was dark i'd be like hell no which Fuck it probably shit was shit out <laughs> I hate the dark. I like run around in the dark because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be out here. You're the type of person to like be in the basement and turn the light off and run up the stairs oh, really quick. 110%. See, I'm the type to turn the lights off and walk slowly up the stairs, but panicking inside being like, no, it's okay. It's okay. Just walk slowly. You got this. You got this. There's no one there. There's no one there. Oh, you know what I mean? No, I would get out of that situation as fast as possible. I act calm on the outside, but I'm screaming inside. <laughs> So this prospective buyer, he strolled up the driveway. He wasn't alone, though. He had a friend. Um, and he told Charlene that they had been dropped off down the street. So they just kind of like walked up the street and then were there. And it's kind of weird, right? Like that's that's fucking. Yeah. Weird. 
Well, I think weren't they supposed to be dropped off by a friend and the friend was going to grab them coffee or something like that? I don't know. All I'm not sure about the coffee part, but all I knew is, I mean, there was no vehicle. Like generally when you're going to test drive something, you'd show up in another vehicle. Yeah. You'd park it in the driveway and then, yeah. I do remember there being a vague excuse on why their friend dropped them off like a, a few blocks away or something and they walked over. And I... It seems to me that he was it going was to coffee. He was coffee. He was, he was going to Timmy's. I literally was going to say, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was headed to Tim Hortons to grab a coffee or, or something like oh, that. Oh, boy. But I, I, it was such a minute and weird detail. I don't think many yeah. people talk about it. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, though, if it was Timmy's. So it all seemed a bit weird. But Tim and Charlene had chatted prior to their arrival that if they wanted to do a test drive, that Tim would go with them. They had a lot of money to be lost if the truck, say, didn't return from said test drive. Yeah. And of course, although it was late, the prospective buyers did request to take it for a spin. Well, I mean, understandable. Any yeah. sort of used vehicle makes sense. Well, I mean, yeah, it was like, I mean, that's, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a penny. So it makes sense that they'd want to kind of take it for a spin before they decided if they want to invest in it or not. Right. Yeah, totally. So at some point though, Charlene realized They'd been gone for longer than she expected. At most, how long would a test drive take? Like what, 15 minutes, maybe half an hour, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But Charlene also couldn't get a hold of Tim on his cell phone. So when she couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong any longer, I think it was about an hour or so, she decided to contact the police. Minutes turned into hours and hours turned into days with Tim still not returning home from the test drive. This was very unlikely behavior from him to not stay in touch with his family. He mm-hmm. was super family oriented and connected to them. Um, Tim was declared officially missing by Hamilton Police Service on May 7th, 2013. Two days later... Charlene appealed to the kidnappers to return her husband during a press conference, stating, and I can like hear this. So can I. Yeah. It was just a truck, a stupid truck. You do not need him, but I do. Our daughter needs her daddy. Like that just gives me fucking goosebumps. Like, holy shit. It fucking breaks me. I can't imagine Mm-hmm. Not only how that wife feels, um, but how the daughter is feeling too, and the whole family. And, well, the daughter, well, yeah, she's two. Yeah, two years old. She's probably like she's at that point where like she's she's able to communicate. Oh yeah, she's probably you know wondering where daddy is. Yeah, like that's really young. Yeah. The initial steps in the investigation involved interviews with family, friends, and witnesses, all aimed at piecing together Tim's last known moments. They wanted to establish a timeline of events and any poten- potential motives for his disappearance. They examined Tim's phone and communication records to, ter- to determine if there were any calls or messages that could provide clues about his whereabouts or contacts, contacts with the prospective buyers. Given that Tim had arranged the test drive through an online advertisement, right, Kijiji, yeah. Law enforcement also conducted investigations into the online communications between Tim and the potential buyers. This included examining email exchanges and any other digital correspondence. But police quickly discovered that the phone used to contact Tim had been a burner phone. 
Using the call records from the burner phone, police discovered that the men had arranged two other test drives in similar vehicles in the days prior to meeting with Tim. Right, I forgot about that. Which is real fucked. Yeah. They failed to arrive on time at the one, and that the second, um, it took place in Toronto on May 5th, the men did show up to that one. They matched the description of the pair who had left with Tim, but that owner didn't face the same fate as Tim. Efforts to track the location of Tim's truck were also in place, including using any available GPS or tracking systems. And while this was going on, the community rallied, with volunteers and law enforcement launching extensive searches in an attempt to locate Tim. This is one of my favorite part of any true crime case, is when the community fucking rallies up like this. I know, hey? It's absolutely incredible, because if I'm being honest... Researching so many of these cases, I lose faith in humanity so fucking easy because there is such fucking scum out there. Yeah. But then that that again, that little bit of like fucking ray of sunshine shining through is when stuff like this happens. It's like the community is behind it. They want to help. They want to find them. It's like. Because that's when just the support really shows through right so like charlene i'm i'm sure would have just had she would have been just completely devastated but then been able to move forward because she knew like all these people were helping her and yeah and you know rah rah like let's find tim right like like i even picture like everyone doing what they can like the little old lady down the street who can't join a search party or anything but coming over with like a casserole she made for her and stuff to like at least you don't have to cook dinner tonight. Uh, you know, I made this for you. I'm sorry for well, what's yeah, happening. Well, yeah, because she also has to think about their daughter, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, she needs to be strong for that. So that's yeah. tough. That's like an added level. Yeah. Um, on May 10th, 2013, police announced they had located Tim's cell phone while searching an industrial area and released updated descriptions of the two suspects. The following day, they arrested their first suspect. Fuck yeah. Dylan Millard. Fucking Dylan. Fucking Dylan is right. This asshole. <laughs> He's a 27-year-old millionaire who owns several million-dollar properties and was the heir to the Millard Air, which is an aviation company based in Waterloo. So I wasn't going to say much about my thoughts on Dylan because I didn't want to give away. And here I'm like, he's an yeah, asshole. I didn't want to give too much of the story away yet because <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe he's, you know, wrong culprit or something. But no, no. he Yeah, he's a fucking douche canoe. Oh, so. big time. And, you know, I'm not going to say that. We'll get there. <laughs> so he was charged with forcible confinement and theft over 5,000 um, late Saturday morning. On May 12th, 2013, Tim's truck is finally found this kind of gave everyone a sense of i'll call it false hope that maybe tim you know would be found next the truck was found inside a trailer in the driveway of madeline millard's house this is dylan millard's mother Mm -hmm. the trailer was registered to millard air the truck had been partially stripped of its like decal and any identification Mm -hmm. And there was also blood and gunshot residue found in the interior. 
Law enforcement executed search warrants at various locations, including properties owned by the suspects, and also made a public appeal for information urging anyone with knowledge of the case to come forward. Of the property search was a farm tied to Millard. And on this particular farm, investigators stumbled upon something that caught their attention. Yeah, this part sucks. It wasn't out in the open for all to see, but it was rather tucked away in the trees as if it was hidden. What it was, was an animal incinerator with the words, the eliminator displayed across the side. Yeah, I can't imagine being those officers discovering (sighs) this because you know right away. You know. Like like, there's, there's no question. You fucking know. You know. Like you just, your heart would just sink. Yeah. To quote you three seconds ago, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So the incinerator had the capacity to burn not only an at, like animal remains, but also other evidence and potentially human remains. Yeah. Those things burn at extreme fucking temperatures. You put something in there, it's gone. And it's a, it's a pretty price too. Those things are not cheap. So... Upon further inspection of the incinerator, that's exactly what they found. Traces of bone fragments and ash, which were sent off for forensic analysis. And sure enough, the remains belonged to Tim. All hope was lost. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. Yeah. Millard's previous charge was officially changed to first-degree murder. On May 22nd, the day of Tim's memorial, police announced they had arrested a second suspect, 25-year-old Mark Smitch, I think. I don't fucking know. I don't even give a shit to find out if that's right. Mark Pizza Schmitz. (laughs) Smick? I think it was Smick. He's a pizza Schmitz. Smick. So Mark um, Smick, formerly... Where the fuck am I? Okay. And formally charged. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Fuck. They arrested him. And the following day, he was formally charged with the first degree murder. Good God. And being a piece of schmitch. <laughs> Smick, smitch. Unlike Millard, Smick came from a middle class family. He had a criminal record involving petty offenses such as drug possession, driving impaired, mischief, failure to appear, and breach of conditions. He sold drugs and cigarettes for a living and occasionally worked odd jobs in Millard's aircraft hangar. I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about these two assholes, but to cover the case properly, we need to a bit, unfortunately. The friendship between the two started in 2006, and Smitch initially idolizes what? I just keep laughing at his last name. Schmitch. Oh. He's a piece of I was of like, did I just do something wrong again? No, I've I've just worn out that joke and I'm trying not to say oh, it okay. again. But Smick, I'm, Smick. I'm still finding it funny. Oh, you're going to probably go <laughs> to the end. So he kind of idolized Millard. Um, and it was probably because of, I'm assuming, like Millard's money. I'm Most likely. 
Because I don't think Smick is a very smart dude. (laughs) He doesn't sound like it. (laughs) By 2011, the pair had grown closer with Smick and his girlfriend moving into the basement suite of the Millard's family house in 2012. Millard, as you probably thought, is a bad egg. He would arrange for Smick and other friends to accompany him on, in quotation, missions. Basically, night excursions to steal shit that Millard could have easily just purchased, but he liked the thrill of it. Did he really call them missions? Missions. It was mi- They were missions. What is he, eight years old? Fucking singing Mission Impossible, creeping through the dark. Like... Oh, and, just, and it's so it's like so it's, it's almost more maddening in a sense because he could afford these things yeah. and he's going and stealing stuff from people that a probably don't have near as much money as him b who like worked really fucking hard to probably buy said things yeah so like see you're just an asshole yeah. like i'm pissed with this oh yeah with these people he's doing it just simply for the thrill and enjoyment of taking from someone else yeah someone else who's earned it like that is not okay that is not okay the disappearance and discovery of tim's fate was met with shock and grief by the community and really the nation at large and was obviously a critical turning point in the investigation the forensic analysis conducted on tim's remains would later confirm the cause of death to be a gunshot a gunshot wound and provide valuable evidence for the prosecution's case against millard and smith I don't know how to say is that I, but I really, I looked earlier, but I'm not looking again. Well, I, I'm not too sure. I do want to stop on one detail though. I don't think it was his remains that identified the gunshot wound because most of, of his mm, It remains, was in the truck. Yeah. His remains yeah. were like, I think the DNA was pretty much almost completely mm-hmm. gone too, burned away, but it was the truck, the DNA within the truck that proved that it was a gunshot. Because to be honest, some of the... Articles say um, that in the incinerator, like, it wasn't even for sure Tim's, but it was kind of, like, assumed. Yeah. So. Well, I do remember them also talking about with the truck, because they, like you said, it was partially stripped and stuff. It was yeah. also pressure washed. Right. And you know, there was even remains of Tim's, I think, like, underneath the undercarriage, That's too. where they found most of the DNA, because they, yeah. they pressure washed a bunch of the inside, and all the blood and stuff ran down underneath the truck and was dripping off. Yeah. And then dried underneath. Yeah. It's really disturbing. Yeah. Um, If you didn't realize, Ben actually knows a lot about this case, too, because, I mean, it's not that old. It's Canadian. Yeah. I mean, we remember it happening. Um, so it was now time to get justice for Tim and his family. The trial didn't begin until February 2016, and it was a high-profile case in Canada. The prosecution presented an array of evidence, including extensive f- forensic analysis, including DNA analysis and fingerprint evidence, linking the defendants to Tim's truck and the crime scene, the evidence included Tim's blood in his truck and the discovery of his blood on a toolbox on the Millard's farm. Right, right. That's yeah. what they specifically said. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they knew that this that his body was at the farm. Yeah. I forgot about that part. Because wasn't the toolbox like part of the trailer or something that housed the burner, I think? Oh, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that, but I think that might be part of it there. Okay. Uh, They also had video evidence showing Tim leaving with the two suspects on the night of his disappearance, as well as footage of the suspects driving Tim's truck, along with evidence from the incinerator and 
witness testimonies. Um, Because something I didn't even put in there, because like there's so, like to cover a case in one episode, it's sometimes kind of hard. But um, Millard, he, you know, had employees and stuff at the air hangar. Mm -hmm. And there was even a point where he had like messaged all of them and he's like, don't, don't come to work like the next day, like don't even show up. And it was because he was he had brought like the truck there or some something and yeah. just some shit like he's just like the most sketchiest person in the whole world. Yeah, because after I think they shot him or whatever the they went to the hangar. Yeah, that's where they went. So yeah, then he yeah. told his employees to basically fuck off for a day while he dealt with it. Yeah, yeah, like unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, while the while the exact motive again, whoa, was that even English? <laughs> The exact motivations of the accused can be challenging to prove. The prosecution argued the following motives during the trial. So there's a couple. Um, theft of the truck. So one of the primary motives presented by the prosecution was the theft of Tim's truck. They argued that Millard and Smick had an interest in stealing a specific type of vehicle and Tim's truck met that. Because, you know, they had reached out to other people with the same thing. Which kind of makes me sick to my stomach when you really analyze that situation. Yeah. How much was it that they were selling the truck for? Was it 25 or 24? 24 grand. $24,000. Yeah. So basically they valued Tim's life at $24,000. My gosh. And he was a dad and a husband and a son. They're like, instead of of me spending 24 grand, I'm just going to kill you instead because I want to keep my 24. Yeah. So his life isn't even worth that to them. Yeah. Like how fucking disgusting is that? It's disgusting. Um. So theft of truck, financial gain, I guess you could say, um, criminal lifestyle. They just enjoyed this. Being pieces of schmitch. <laughs> Control and manipulation. Um, opportunistic crime. Kind. I feel like that's kind of the same as uh, criminal lifestyle, right? The opportunity yeah. just presented itself. Um, and then preventing identification being that Tim could potentially later identify them. Right. So they kind of got into thick at this point. Like, what are they going to do? This guy like really knows what they look like. Yeah. We're taking your truck. Get out. Well, yeah, well, he's just going to report us. Yeah. The defense teams countered these arguments and maintained that their clients were innocent. (laughs) Both Millard and Smick maintain their innocence throughout the trial, denying any involvement in Tim's murder. Their defense teams argued that they were unaware of any criminal activity and were simply just on a test drive with Tim. They challenged the reliability of the evidence presented and questioned the integrity of the forensic evidence, suggesting possible contamination and mishandling. They also presented an alternative theory to suggest that someone else may have been responsible for Tim's murder, emphasizing the fact of there were no direct eyewitnesses to the murder itself. Yeah, just because there's not eyewitnesses, though, doesn't... When mean, is there? Right? But evidence <laughs> still says shit. Yeah. You, you put your boot in, a, in the mud, and then you stand next to the mud. Someone's going to be like, oh, you stepped in the mud. You didn't see me do that. Dude, that's your boot print. There's mud on your shoe right there. Like, I can see your tracks leading over to where you're standing. Yeah, but you didn't see it. I know well, because me. like I off. would I feel like I we you could say nine out of ten like would the person actually have ever been seen murdering someone nine out of ten dentists recommend that these guys oh, are pieces of shit <laughs> <laughs> holy shit a 
Okay, I wonder if that's even how you say his fucking name, but at this point, it's just funny. Um, so ultimately, is this where I am? Yep. Ultimately, the jury found Millard and Smith guilty of first-degree murder in June of 2016, accepting the prosecution's case that the motive behind Tim's Tim Bosma's murder was rooted in criminal intent, particularly the theft of his truck. They were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 25 years. The arrest, trial, and convictions of Millard and Smith provided a sense of closure and justice for Tim's family and the wider community. But there's more. Do you know about the more? There's more. Do tell. Um, and again, I'm only going to touch on these things because this is Tim's story, but there were additional sentences added for additional crimes that oh. these two assholes committed. Oh. Tim's life was not the only life that they took. Really? Really. Really? I did not know this part. Holy fuck. Did okay. You not? I don't think so. Okay. Doesn't ring a bell. In December of 2017, both Millard and Smick were convicted of the murder of Laura Babcock. That name rings a bell. Laura and Millard dated for a time. She was last seen alive in July 2012, so before Tim's murder. Her remains were never found, but it's believed they had also seen the incinerator as Tim's, Tim's had. Fuck. Millard and Smitch were again sentenced to life in prison and the parole... Oh, with the parole ineligibility period of 25 years and to be served consecutively. So that means that the previous sentence, they were like adding 25 years onto that. Yeah. So they would both have 50 years and not be released prior to 2063. On December... <laughs> you're like, okay, keep going, so keep weird. going. I was just kind of like mathing in my head and like thinking, I was like, is there a bot or something coming? But no, okay. On December 18th, 2018, Millard was sentenced to life in prison for a third time. This time, he was found guilty of taking his very own father's life, Wayne Millard. Okay, I did hear about this one. Yes. Wayne was found dead on November 29th, 2012, from a gunshot through the eye with his death initially ruled as a suicide this third life sentence was also to be served consecutively along with the other life sentences handed to him meaning that millard would serve a minimum of 75 years in prison before he would be eligible to apply for parole he would be 103 years old at the time so he's gonna rot just a minute though i oh. wanted to talk about his dad for a sec because it's interesting. Something I read is they if someone's like committing suicide, the, they generally wouldn't have pulled the trigger like with it facing them in the eye. Because then they're looking. At yeah. It. Yeah. And then also something I read is that the gun that was used was actually like in like a Lululemon bag tucked away like behind the bed, oh, which would make no sense no. that it would be suicide one, at all. Want to know another really interesting fact about suicide? The reason why I knew that he wouldn't have shot himself in the eye because he's looking at it. Yeah. Um, people who jump off buildings or jump off bridges or anything, um, they'll take their glasses off first. Oh, uh, okay. So usually where they jump, their glasses are laying there because 
They don't want to watch. They don't want to see themselves fall. Oh, that's so sad. They take the glasses off, put them down, and they jump and they close their eyes. I've also, I mean, there was something in town that had happened at some point too, where someone, they, they had committed, they were committing suicide and right before they did it, they like put their coffee down. Yep. (laughs) Just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I heard about that too. Okay. So 103, when he was able to like apply for parole, but that's obviously far too good to be true. Is it not? This is going to piss you off. Fuck no. Here we go. All right. Okay. Hold on. And wait, there's like wait, nothing wait. you can do about wait, this. Wait, wait. I'm I'm mentally preparing myself. I need to take a sip here. I might get backlash <sighs> okay. backlash for saying this, but this is like this is this is Canada, I feel like being real soft. Um a Supreme Court of Canada decision in 2022 struck down consecutive parole ineligibility periods as unconstitutional. What? meaning that Millard and Smith, respective 75 and 15 years that they had, have now been reduced to more than no more than 25 years before they can apply for parole. They will now be eligible for parole in 2043. This is a Supreme Court of Canada decision. Lay fuck? Yeah. The ruling said consecutive parole ineligibility periods shook the foundation of criminal law and in and were incompatible with human dignity. But the decision was criticized by victims' families, and rightfully uh-huh. so, in my opinion. Victims' families feel it denies individual justice to each person killed by a multiple murderer. It does. And it also promotes a murderer if... Say they do murder once, maybe just out of panic or something. Well, I did it once. I might as well fucking keep going now. If I get caught, I'm going to serve the same time. Only for the one. Yeah. And like also because how much money did they, did we as taxpayers or whatever have to pay for those other freaking. No shit. Trials when it was just like, oh, that doesn't matter. Like that's bullshit. Okay. I have one fucking thing to say to Canada, the Canadian government right now. And I'm going to say it. As a fucking Canadian to Canadians. Come on. I know. Well, that's why I was like, that's a bit soft. Like that's, that's not okay. Um, So that was like the most polite. That was really polite. I was was, actually a bit worried about what you were going to say. That's why I did it because I'm Canadian. A Canadian arguing. Come on, bud. I didn't look at you when you were saying (laughs) that because I was like, what's he going to say? Okay. So Laura Babcock's mother said in a statement. These judges believe that it is cruel and unusual punishment to give a person a sentence that leaves them no hope for the future. We have no hope. Our family and friends have suffered the loss of our dear daughter, Laura, for over a decade. The grief and heartache are no less now than when she was cruelly taken from us. Which makes sense. Yeah. So Millard and Smick have appealed all of their convictions, but as of right now, they have all been rejected, thankfully. Good. Yeah. Um, Tim Bosma was portrayed in the media as a loving husband and father, which generated empathy from the public. His family's emotional pleas for his safe return resonated with many, many people. And his story was relatable because the majority of us at some point in time have met with a stranger to sell an item. Yep. 
The case prompted discussions about personal safety, particularly in the context of online transactions. It led to increased awareness about taking precautions when meeting with stranger for sales or purchase purchases arranged through the internet, highlighting the potential danger of online transactions. It served as a wake-up call for individuals involved in buying and selling goods online, reminding them to take safety precautions when meeting with strangers. Individuals began meeting in well-lit public places, bringing friends or family members along, or even conducting transactions at local police stations to ensure their safety. The case contributed to discussions about the importance of personal security measures, not only in online transactions, but in daily life. It encouraged people to be vigilant, holy. Vigilant, yes. And proactive in protecting themselves and their loved ones. Okay, and I'm just like going to talk here for a sec because I'm like so cautious. Like probably one of the most cautious people ever, I feel like. Yeah. Um, So I was visiting family and these family members, I don't even think I told you this. It's not really a big deal, but they were, they were donating an item um, to, that was going to go in like a museum or whatever. Okay. And so these people came to collect said item from their home and then they just like let them come in the house to collect the the item. And I was just like, (gasps) This is not okay. Like, why are we not just bringing these said items outside and like handing it to them? Yeah. Um, well, do you remember with our our home that we had before we bought the tiny home? Yeah. Um, it was a relatively new build. And, oh, God. Oh, God. And there was a lot beside us where a builder was going to build another home. Yep. These people knocked on our door. It's actually a shock that Ben is alive right now. Just saying. <laughs> These people knocked on our door. It was a, a nice couple. And they're just like asking some questions about the builder and, you know, the house and what we think. And uh, I just like, you guys want to come in, take a look around. You can like see the house, go in the basement, crawl space, whatever the fuck you want. I'll tell you all about the house. So Nicole's off at work and I'm at home with the str- these strangers just wow. coming into the house, looking around. <laughs> And I think I came home and was like, what the actual fuck did you do? They were super nice, though. Yeah, but also they were just like case in the joint probably. And we're like, we're going to break in and steal this and this and this. But they didn't. Oh, frick. Even (laughs) even this morning, I woke up like half an hour before the alarm to a fucking doorbell ringing. And we don't even have a fucking doorbell. So like this was in my dream. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like it's 630 in the morning. Like who is ringing our doorbell? And then I was like. I'm not answering it. <laughs> like that's what goes in my head. Yeah. Fair enough. To be oh, to be fair. To be fair. Um, that was before the podcast and my start of oh. crime research and stuff too. So I have become a lot more cautious since. So would you do that again? Probably. Are you serious? We already did in the tiny home. We had someone else come look at our tiny home because they were curious about oh, tiny homes. Yeah, shit. And that was only like a year ago. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Uh, This newfound awareness transcended the local community and reached a national level. It led to discussions on national safety guidelines for online transactions, inspired educational initiatives, and spurred policy changes amid or aimed at enhancing security in digital transactions. Mm Sorry, you keep looking at me funny and I'm just like... You're telling me a story. (laughs) The murder of Tim is a haunting tale of an ordinary but extraordinary man 
whose life was cut far too short during what should have been a simple transaction. It's a story of profound loss and resilience. Um, and it showed like Tim's family and the community's true colors as they stood together. Yeah. As Charlene said, it was just a truck, a stupid truck. Charlene founded a charity in memory of her husband called Tim's Tri Tribute. It offers financial aid for immediate and trial-related needs of families affected by homicide. Charlene noticed the gaps within the system, and she was compelled to help others suffering from the same horrific loss as she herself went through. It was just a truck. It was just a truck. And do you remember why he wanted that truck? In the first place? Yeah. No, why I never the, came across that. Why actually. the dude was actually after oh, the truck? Oh, um, Millard. Yeah. Why Millard was after the truck. Because he... Wasn't it for parts or something? Wasn't for parts. What well, I mean, it? he was like rebuilding another one or something like that. But he basically wanted this specific truck um, because it's like gas mile race, uh, mileage ratio or something like that. It was a specific like, hey, this will save me some money, this specific truck. Because he was part of that like fucking Baja race or whatever that was like five days across the desert because his dad had all the money in the company, right? So he was like a kid of money. Mm. And so he went and did this race and like fucked up on the first day and fucked, totaled his car. And then he decided next time he goes and does it because it cost him so much money and gas to haul this race car down on a trailer with a truck that he needed to find a specific truck that was more fuel Right. Okay, that part rings a bell, yes. And this Dodge pickup truck was the truck he decided he needed. So he just wanted this truck so he could haul his race car so he can go race. Wow. And yeah. so he decided to steal one instead of buy one. Yeah. And yeah, there were I think there were parts and stuff because he was gonna like mash some different ones together, like build like basically build the truck up again, make it make sure it was good for the road, right? Yeah. But yeah, he basically just like, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go on a race and I wanna steal someone's truck and kill them so I can go race my race car with daddy's money. And I don't have the name of the person that they had the test drive with before, but they were um within the test drive, like these two assholes found out something about him. Like I think he's like ex-military or something yeah that's and right. so they had they that scared them off because if it wasn't um for that they probably would have done this to him yep so which this story is just it's fucking haunting to be honest oh yeah no this this shit is bananas yeah b-a-n-a-n-a-s this is literally one of like the reasons why i just like have trust issues is yeah. this story it's probably the start of it honestly this was kind of a big deal because it was like holy shit like people might not even nest i mean they would have thought about it but not to this extent before they went to like sell a vehicle yeah fair enough because i mean like we all grew up with like hey don't meet strangers don't get in a stranger's car like all this sort of stuff but it was like almost like hypothetical at a point and then all of a sudden it's all across the news this dude got into a vehicle with a stranger though yeah. it was his own vehicle but a stranger was in his vehicle with him and they fucking killed you. Like, I know. holy well, because shit. Because what, what do you even do? Like, I don't even know how people go about selling vehicles nowadays then. Because how would you do it without having to go on a test drive with them? I would honestly probably just let them go on a test drive solo. If they steal the, the vehicle's insured. and Yeah, if they, if they steal the car, they steal the car. You report them. Whatever. Yeah. Well, we sold a vehicle like, what, two years ago? Yeah. I remember... 
you I think were at work but they came over to look at it and they like went in and I thought they were just like trying it out and then all of a sudden they just like drove off and I was like shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> like okay but they they just went like a tiny bit down the road but they didn't set anything and so it is it's bizarre but I would prefer that than like me also being in there and them just like going you know yep no, fair so. enough. And when, cause they decided another day that they're like, oh, they call back like, okay, yeah, we'll buy it. Can you like deliver it to the house? Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, I, I think I took time off work to drive with you to be at the house, their house with you. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause yeah, they were also like giving us money and stuff. And so, yeah, it's interesting. Selling stuff is interesting. Yeah. You had to bring muscle with you is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly is probably, it's never a bad idea to be overcautious in my opinion. It's definitely not. Nope. Safety first. Mm-hmm. Right. From the, from the ex safety guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, good job in this episode. It was nice to actually be back and have you do an episode. I know. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a while since I first saw you. Sorry. Wow. Keep going. <laughs> I don't think anyone <laughs> wants me to keep singing. I am not a good singer. So. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well now we're going to, we're going to, log off of this and we're going to record two patreon episodes what she said <laughs> thanks so much for being here and for allowing us um so many of you were just so kind when it came to us having a break for like our mental health and just a little bit of a reboot so we really appreciated that yeah that, that meant a lot we had some kind messages and comments and all that sort of stuff and it it was really nice to to see that you guys are not only here to be like, hey, crack the whip and give us episodes. It's like, no, you're you're here kind of like as a community with us and you're backing mm-hmm. us and and you're here for what we need too. So that meant a lot. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. Okay, go on your spiel. Do you remember what it is? We have an Insta, Facebook, website, YouTube, Patreon. Keep going. You got the spiel apparently. Go for it. <laughs> I don't even know, but check out our website. Everything is probably linked on there. I don't even know what it is. Wicked and Grim podcast.com. I think it's just wicked and grim.com. <laughs> our, our email is wicked and grim podcast, but I, our, I'm our website is wicked and grim.com. Is it going to come up? Okay. Well, oh, it comes up wicked and grim.com. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll give this feel then. You can go ahead and check our website, wickedandgrim.com. We got social medias like Facebook, Instagram. We do have Twitter, but we don't really use it. Right, we need to get Twitter. back on that. We are going to be pumping out YouTube here starting this month. So I know we've said it before, but we are hammering down. It mm. is happening. Mm-hmm. We got Patreon down below. If you don't want to do any of those things, you don't want to leave the platform, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, doesn't matter. We appreciate you being being here, especially at this point. We're rambling now. So thank you so much. However you support us, it means the world. Um, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You guys are absolutely wicked. Epic. Yeah. So until next time. Stay wicked. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.